She keeps them always shined in a pretty cabinet. Let them be cakes, she says, just like Marie Antoinette. A building a remedy for Chris Job and Kennedy. And at a time of imitation, you can't take it. Welcome, one and all, to episode 51, 51A, 51 of the Feminine Critique. Uh, I'm Emily. I'm Christine. And uh, somebody just cleared their throat loudly. Let me clear my throat. Ooh, now I have an intro song I'll use. Oh, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Be looking forward folks. to it. Uh, yeah, so last episode was our big 50th. Thank you to everybody for the for the kind feedback on it. Yeah, there was lots it's of nice feedback. Nice. Even if it meant I, even if it proved that I really can't count, because apparently it was actually episode 51, if you count the fact that I recorded episode 40 twice, or called episode two episodes episode 40, Whatever. We're here, right? I think it's appropriate. Thank you. That we don't know. Yeah. I mean, we're girls. We can't do math, right? Who? Science. We can't all be Winnie Cooper. Come on. (laughs) Really? Not everybody's a Mayhem Blossom, whatever her name was. Anyway. Mind Alec? Yeah, it's her name. Or I get her confused with the... What's the name of the one in Watchmen? Mal and Ackerman? Yeah, I know they're not the same person, <laughs> but they both have unusual first names that begin with M. They do. And their last names both begin with letters that come at the very beginning of the alphabet, so I think I'm justified in getting them confused. Sure, you're, that's a good reason. Thank you. Uh, what are we going to cover today, Christine? We are covering... 1990s La Femme Nikita. Nikita. You have to say it French. You do. And 1995's Assassins. Assassins. You have to say it with an Antonio Banderas accent. Hi, they. Try it again. Assassins. (sighs) Better. (laughs) Better. Better. Thank you for humoring me. Just a little better. Oh, so that was good. <laughs> I want you to talk like that forever. No, I can't. Like everything. I want you to like order your coffee from Starbucks like that. <laughs> Try it. Pretend you're if, getting a latte. Do it. If we're ever together again. Okay. That sounded oh, so, God, that's so morbid. <laughs> if one, if our paths shall ever meet. If ever we're together. God, that's, <laughs> yeah. It's like, is there going to be like a civil war that divides the North from the Texas forever? I hope not. Yeah. I'm on the wrong side. Clearly. All right. So before we get into our um, assassination special, I guess, yeah. uh, movies we've been watching. I got a bunch because it's been a while since we've recorded. Yeah. I've been kind of toggling between whether or not I go back to the beginning or not. Like of time? Of time, yes. Of when we stopped or when we had last talked about it. Do it. I got nowhere to go. I'm home. There's there's some wine and water in front of me. I'm good. All right. Well, what was the last thing I told you about? Did I tell you I watched Alien vs. Predator? You did not. I would remember that. Okay. Did I tell you I watched Haunting in Connecticut 2? Yes. That one I knew about. Okay, I liked that movie, but uh, that's not what we're talking about. Savannah Nights. 
Yeah, I like it. Did I tell you I watched Freddy vs. Jason? No. Okay, so I watched Freddy vs. Jason. Don't you love it? Is it? It holds up, right? It's so much fun. Yeah, it's it's as bad as it was the first time I saw it. Did you see I still the like it the first time? Yeah, I did. That was one of my funnest theater experiences ever. There was a typo negative song on the soundtrack. Of course I saw it in the theater. Who do you think I am? I don't even know anymore. You don't even know. I don't. Um, but I watched that, and I think that prompted Alien vs. Predator, which then prompted Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that all happened. No, Alien vs. Predator. I never saw Requiem. It's but not. I remember watching Alien vs. Predator and being like, this ain't that bad. Eh, it's not that good, though. Yeah, but it's, I don't know. I feel like people talked about it as if it was, like, the Antichrist of alien or predator movies and i remember being like that's fine like it's just an action movie i like the lead i like that it was like a black female lead i I knew her stuff so i liked her for that i mean it it left me with a really large crush on a predator but other than that like i know that's kind of weird i don't really remember a lot of it yeah but i mean i'm glad i watched it i'd always meant to now how is requiem if if i was just kind of like eh on Alien vs. Predator, mm-hmm. Requiem was just not good. Okay. It's um, much more violent, right? Or do I have I, it reversed? I feel like one no, of them is a really hard I R. think you're right. It, you know what? I think I might have made this comparison while I was watching it. If I didn't, I meant to. Mm-hmm. But, like, Alien vs. Predator is to Alien vs. Predator Requiem as Hills Have Eyes is to Hills Have Eyes 2. Like, the remakes? Like, really missing the mark... Okay. Like, violent in a weird way. Yeah, like, the Hills Have... Okay, I get it. Because the Hills Have Eyes 2 of the half. remake, which is still better than the original Hills Have Eyes 2. Yes. Um, it's not good, though. Is, but there's something really mean about it that they tried to, like, be shocking, but it just turns out to be really mean and trashy. Yeah. It, like, offensive, it even. It didn't work, but, I mean, yeah. I'm glad I watched them. Um, okay. A movie I'm not glad I watched mm. is Transcendence. Now that's okay. Is that the one with Naomi Watts? No, Ryan Gosling. No, Rebecca Hall is in it. Rebecca Hall. Who made that movie? Oh, you think Danny Boyle? Is it? No. What am I I thinking of? The Danny Boyle movie. um, Doesn't he have one that's like Transference or something? It's called something else. God, I'm so awful. Okay, so transcendence. It's not good. It was it was it was so not good that I'm actually upset that I ever watched Aww. it. Um Trance. Oh okay, yeah. This is the one where Johnny Depp is like a superpower man and then he gets shot. Yeah. This was one I remember seeing advertised a lot and it like advertised because I'd go to the movies and I'd see a movie and they would show the trailer and then like six months later they were still showing that trailer, which is never a good thing because it means they keep pushing it back. Yeah, I I not I didn't know anything about it. I don't know why I thought it was good. Like I had it in my head that it was gonna be We've good. We've all made mistakes. It's okay. It wasn't it's okay. It wasn't good. But the Danny Boyle movie is Trance, which is oh, really see, funny. Okay. I'm Because I've actually seen it twice, and it's a, it's a James McAvoy movie. I am justified for getting them confused. Just like my ma'am bollock and Majin Almanac. I, I, I support myself. Carry okay. on. What else have we watched? Well, don't watch that. Please. I will not. Um, I watched all the Saw movies. Oh, that's right. We have to we have to do a special on that. Yeah, um, I have feelings and emotions about each one. Mm-hmm. Favorite More one? Complex than the rest. Zach, what's my favorite one? 
I don't even know. Least favorite one. I think my favorite one's seven. Okay. What's which one had Julie Benz? Is that seven? No, she's in five. I think my favorite one was five. That's my <laughs> least favorite one. That's the one that I ge- like. I genuinely, with my ire, hate. I don't like the first one, the second one, the third one. <laughs> I don't like the one that has the dude from Lincoln Park in it. I'm pretending I don't know his name. I know his name. It's Chester Bennington. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, um, that does not sound like a name of a rock star. It sounds like a name of a yeah. like cricket playing librarian. I didn't like. I don't think I liked any of them. You didn't like the healthcare one, part six. But, I really like the healthcare one. Oh, I hated this part six was boring. <gasps> so many of them are really boring. So I think five. That's okay. We do need to do it. Maybe for Halloween, we should do like a song. We should do it. I could, I would have to watch them all again. You would. <laughs> yeah. I have the whole like DVD set where it's like all of them are on one DVD because there's like no special features whatsoever. I think maybe I would make someone move out if I watched them all again. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was an experience. I had only seen. One, two, and maybe a section of three. Okay. I thought I had gotten further. I didn't. I mean, if nothing okay. else, they've given Costas Mandalore a lot of work. <gasps> He's my favorite part. The best thing in it. Because he doesn't look like... My favorite thing about Costas Mandalore in those movies is he doesn't look like a human being. He looks like a Guess Who character on steroids. Mm-hmm. And the big thing is, like, he can't put his arms down. His arms are so, like, beefy that he just can't stand right. Like, it, like you can... You could put, like, an encyclopedia underneath his armpit, and it would just stay, stay there. Stay there, yeah. yeah. Um, Zach just sent me a message that said, Six had the good ending where dude beat the head trap. Um, it's true. I liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. That made me... I was, like, laying on the floor, and, like, through some <laughs> of them, I had almost fallen asleep. I couldn't stop playing with my phone. Mm-hmm. I, But the, by the end of that one, I had leapt up and was like, What? Why haven't they all been like that? No. <laughs> But that was really cool. Yeah, I mean, I just have very strong thoughts on the series as a whole. So we I should, know you do. We should cut. We're gonna have to do this Monday. We could always do it in chunks. We could do like the first three and the last yeah. four or something. They should be spoken about all together. I think to split them up too much is kind of because I mean, again, that to me is that's the kind of beauty. And I say this like I know the series is flawed. It's really not good, but I so respect the continuity that they tried so hard to keep, even when they, they- had to like tie themselves in knots to sustain it. But for some reason, like somebody the, was like, no, we have to continuous throughout the whole thing. It's it's like they're continuously retconning it, though. The entire it's time, really I know. frustrating. Yeah. But, and, like, ham-handed. <laughs> but, you know, I'm glad I watched them. Yeah. Hey, I watched a movie, and I'm not sure if you watched it, but I had seen it come up on some people's mm-hmm. um, Twitters and pages. Did you watch Russell Madness? I didn't. Oh my god! Is this now? Wait, I know it's I've a little dog it. movie that does the wrestling. Wait, oh my god, the do- the dog wrestles. Yeah, the <gasps> dog. That's right. I watched the trailer and I was like, Brad, we're gonna watch this movie. And he was like, You're gonna watch that movie? No, no, it's so good. Oh it's a Jack Russell Terrier, right? Yes, I almost cried because that dog is so cute. Oh I love this movie. Okay, okay, I just they wrote it down. S- they sell a set that comes with a stuffed um, <gasps> Russell. Oh my god, I love it. That's amazing. So, yeah, you should watch that. Okay, I totally will. I totally will. <laughs> I don't know if I have a... I don't know if I have an instant pick. But is it... Is Russell Madison instant? No, I oh wish. God. You would have um, life. I don't think I have one, but that's not going to stop me. Um, okay, so I... <laughs> I watched Blended on the plane coming back from... Oh, that's the Adam Sandler Drew Barrymore one? 
Yeah. That's an interesting choice, but that's a good boy. Movie, I suppose. Oh, boy. Was, was it as bad terrible. as everybody thought it was? It was worse. Wow. It was really bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. On the way back from Seattle, coming back home, we watched Horrible Bosses 2. I didn't see the first one. I hadn't seen the first one either, but the second one was kind of funny. Okay. But, eh. Um, I watched that Scientology documentary. Me going too. Clear. Me too. Going clear. What'd you think? I liked it. I mean, as much as you can like that. Yeah. I mean, we we know they're crazy, it's, but it, it's also like, well, what religions are. Yeah, and on like, I I, I wa- did you watch the Jinx? No, I did not. A lot of people really like it. I'd be really curious to hear your thoughts. It's not the subject matter that I take issue with in the Jinx. I take issue with the way it's constructed, and I. I don't think it's a very compelling construct, and I don't really like how the filmmakers inject themselves so heavily into it. Yeah, that's a problem I have with a lot of documentaries, which I'll get to too today. I understand, like, that's the way it's got to be, especially with the story. I guess it serves the story, but, like, I guess personally, I don't want I don't want to listen to that story. If you're such a big part of it, like, yeah. that's cool. It's not really for me. It's very, like, I guess it's that, like, post-Michael Moore thing. Yeah. And it can work when the material requires it, I think. Because yeah. outside the cinema, I actually just covered a movie that I'd never heard of called Girl 27. Mm-hmm. That was about, um, like, one of those very infamous or, like, very hushed up, uh, like, sex party that was really just a, like, rape young actress parties in the 30s. Mm-hmm. And the documentary sounded really interesting, but they were saying the same thing, that, like, the material Hells up, holds up on its own, but that the filmmaker just inserted himself into it where he didn't really didn't need to. Yeah, and it just it it can kill a documentary because it. it I, I'm not watching a documentary for the documentarian. I'm watching it for the subject matter. Yeah. So that being said, um, Going Clear didn't do that for me. Like, I I didn't feel like I was watching. Right. I mean, the movie had a tone and had. An agenda, if you will. Yeah, which, whatever. Yeah. It was clear about it. Well, but uh, there, yeah, very true. But there were a couple times where I asked a question, and then the, the movie immediately answered mm. it. So, like, I asked out loud, like, hey, but I thought it was about, and then they, they addressed right. it. And, and for me, that, that showed the competency of the filmmaking. Yeah, I like, see that. They, they knew what they were trying to get across, and they got it across right, well. Right, 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 um, So that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched the fa- the sixth Fast and the Furious movie. Oh, we have to cover that still. We do. Um, I liked it. I'm it's too many fucking franchises. I can't remember if I liked this one more than five. <laughs> five yes, was the I one did. that I know I liked the most so far. Five was the first time you see The Rock and yep. Chris Hemsworth's wife. Yep. This six is so good. Six was really good. I then went to the, the theater and saw seven. Okay. How have you, you like seen seven? seven? Have you seen it? I have not. No, I still haven't seen six. I liked seven a fucking lot, and I cried at the end like a jerk, and it's really good. Um, So, yeah, we still do need to cover that. But the seventh one was really good. I liked it a lot. Good to know. Um, I watched The Ring. The American or the The American? Okay. I had never seen it. Huh. Um, What did you think of somebody who had never seen it? I didn't like it. Oh, really? I didn't. I didn't like it a lot. What do, have you seen the Japanese one? No, because I, I I know I get like shade thrown at me for saying it, but I prefer the American to the Japanese. I find the Japanese mm-hmm. kind of boring. There's okay. Let's just say this about that. It's a gorgeous movie. Yeah, like it's way pretty. Like, and it was one of those like first like that next wave of um, American 
theatrical horror. And it was, I mean, it was the J horror come to America, yeah, but-, but it was that PG 13 with that, like, yes, I don't that like look that. to it, that very, um, yeah, the, I, can't, I can't just figure out what the word I'm looking for, but the look of that movie, I feel like was very, you saw that a lot after that movie came out. Yeah. It's, it's absurdly gorgeous. It's, yeah, it's filmed expertly. It's Gore Verbinski who, yes. I mean, you know, it's, can make a really good looking movie. It is gorgeous. All that being said, <laughs> I, I ugh, didn't like it. And, um, I thought it was funny, and Zach pointed this out as well, that for such a beautiful, painstakingly filmed, framed, expertly done movie, the footage of the movie in the movie wasn't very good. <laughs> and I, That's and fair. It, it's really like, close to the Japanese. That, that, um, okay, well, maybe that sh- shines some light on it yeah. then. I don't know. There was just something about it I didn't like. I thought it was really over-explainy. Mm-hmm. Um, there were parts of it that I was like, I was ready to be on board, and then it went and like super duper explained and showed me a lot. I always yeah, complain I about this. Like, if you show me the little girl for too long, she stops being she's scary, scary and she's anymore. just exactly. a little girl. Yeah, but uh, that bummed me out. But then we watched the second one, <laughs> <laughs> which I heard terrible things about, but I never watched. It is bad in a different way. Um, in a more fun way? Mm, it, it almost stops following its own rules. Okay. And that's kind of... That's frustrating. But. That's a big... Like, if you... If you your, your film... Or the film that your film is, like, a direct descendant of is such a rule-based movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, the whole structure of it is, like, you do this thing, and in this certain amount of time, this other thing happens. It's, it really feels like it. It's like, nah... Yeah, that kind of takes quite a bit away from the effect, I would think. Yeah. Um, I rewatched Disturbing Behavior. (laughs) I feel like you've said that like eight times in the 51 episodes we've recorded. (laughs) I do not understand your way of loving. I don't know, man. I I like Disturbing Behavior. I do not like that movie. Um, It's it's whatever. It's fine. I like James Mars. I do like him. Um... Yeah, I don't know. It's it, it, I think every time I watch it, it gets less good. It's to the point now where I'm watching it, and I'm wishing that I was watching The Faculty, and I should just watch, just the, watch faculty. the Faculty at that point. Um, followed that up with some Darkness Falls. Ah, okay. Emma Caulfield represent. Yes. Sad that that movie's not, not that good. It's really not that good at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, then followed that up with 13 Ghosts. You were in this, like, mediocre 21st century horror band. <laughs> Although, I, I kind of really like 13 Ghosts. I have to, I have to, you know, get it all. I have to. The, I, the I, I'm ghosts, a completist. <laughs> clearly. The ghosts in 13 Ghosts are awesome. They, I think. In my opinion. But then again, I don't like disturbing behavior, so what do I know about cinema? They are in concept, but not necessarily in execution. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, For me. Again, another movie whose rules confused me. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, That was a movie that's just kicking itself for having come out before 3D was a thing. Because, like, the original was in 3D. So And that movie is so designed to be in 3D, but it came out in, what, like 2007 when they weren't doing that yet? Something like that. Yeah. it was. I'm glad I watched it. I kind of love Matthew Lillard. Oh, I he's, love him, and I love him in that too. He's not in it enough. No, like, I just wanted no. a minute for days and days and yep. days. Yeah, we should cover that movie. I'm not kidding. Okay, put it on the list. 
I want to talk about the naked ghost. That's really all I want to talk about for like the rest of my life. Who doesn't? (laughs) Um, I watched The Woman in Black 2. Oh, what'd you think? I liked it a lot. I the really liked one, the first one. First one scared the crap out of me. This one has some genuinely creepy moments. Someone and interesting I, directed this one. I liked the story a lot. I don't remember. I looked that up too. It is. I mean, the guy who directed the first one um, went on to direct something really very different that I liked, and I can't think of what it was, so I have to check that. The guy who directed The Woman in Black also, or The Woman in Black 2, directed. <laughs> Lots of TV. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking of someone else. Yeah, I don't know what else he did. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if any of his stuff. There was some really, like, like, not, you know what it did? And I like this a lot. It didn't lean too heavily on jump scares. I mean, Which the did, first one really does lean on. It did. There were, I, I could, I can think off the top of my head of at least two really solid jump scares in this. But it mm. also did, like, lingering, creepy gross things like okay. like boy i'm never gonna forget seeing that thanks movie and and that can be tough to do because like with the ring if you show me something for too long like i know it's just a little girl yeah. with her hair in her face but like this does some really fucking creepy shit does it have the same amount of like monkey dolls because no it has significantly a less. lot of monkey dolls sadly there are some less oh okay less that saddens me um, yeah, I do not have a, um, a recommend. That sucks. I watched Predestination, which is a movie that I watched on Amazon Prime. That's the one. Ethan Hawke? Oh, right, right. Some people have been talking it up. It's, it's okay. I liked okay. it. Um, and then the cherry on the cake or ice cream or whatever. Oop, oop. <laughs> um, Boy Next Door. Oh, okay. Opinion is divided. I still haven't seen it. Don't break well, my heart. What did you think? It's no obsessed. Okay. And I'd say, you know what movie came out around the same time as Boy Next Door, but really isn't getting as much attention? No Good Deed. No Good Deed is mm, so much more I fun. I would still like to watch No Good Deed. You should. Mm. Um, this one, afterwards, I know it came back to me once I um, was looking at the interviews, but the the woman that wrote this says it's so far from the original thing she wrote. Ah. I, Man, oh man, do I want to want to see what she wrote? <laughs> this this thing is like fever dream bizarre. Like it doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Crazy shit is happening, and you have no idea why anybody's reacting the way they are or making the decisions they're making. So it might have been one of those like constantly script changing movies. Yes. Okay. Like because it's about a dude, like a kid, like a kid that is like the bones this mm-hmm. teacher J-Lo. but like clear b- before i'm not giving anything away mm-hmm. but like they're not she's not even his teacher when it happens also he's 20 <laughs> so why is anyone upset uh, well do, then does he enroll back in high school yeah he ends up back in high school right that's well you know how americans are I and then Zach was like, "There's probably a version of the script where the kid was actually in high school." Yeah, I'm sure where he was and 18, I, but in high school. And, yeah, but they and they didn't change anybody's reactions though. <laughs> He's 20. Yeah, and you they, look like you're 25. Yeah, he looked old too. Yeah, I don't know. Watch it, please. Okay, I will. It's, I will. Don't. Worry. I would love to hear what you think. Again, it's not even like roommate caliber. Oh, man, that's saying something. I know. That's saying something. (laughs) You got any more? 
No, I tried to burn through that pretty quick. I hope, okay. it, I hope it was pacey enough. We're, we're good. I, I, I have a bunch, so I will start. I watched like a lot of documentaries, but I'll, so I'll, I'll go through those first, actually. Um, okay, I was in a – I'm like trying to get back into running, so in order to do that, I watched a documentary called Desert Runners. Okay. Uh, which is about people who do ultra marathons, which are those crazy things where they go to like the Sahara Desert and for five – basically, they run a marathon five days in a row in a desert. Mm-hmm. Um, these people are insane. The documentary was – it was good because it was – like we were saying, it was the reverse of there was no documentarian prominent. It was just about these people. It's beautiful to look at because they're going to Africa and Antarctica and all these different places to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's – if you have any interest in like, I don't know, people that really run hard, it's an interesting look at that and at what – because it's one thing to run. Like, I mean, I run, but it's – it's another thing to say I am going to beat my body every day and then I'm going to put myself through this grueling, ridiculous thing that no human should be able to do. And yeah. I'm going to do it four times this year. Uh, like it takes a certain person to do that. And it's interesting to see what kind of person it takes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of sports documentaries I watched. One oh, wow. Was, um, called- I'll take some suggestions. Okay. Uh, this one, I- you might enjoy this one. It was To Russia With Love. This is, uh, it followed the 20, what year is that? 2015? This was 2014. The 2014 Sochi Olympics. Mm -hmm. And it was basically about the gay protests and lack thereof of protests about how Russia was basically saying, if you are gay in our country, you can go to jail and everything else. And kind of was, was focusing on a couple of different athletes who were out, um, and how they were going to handle it at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And it features a Johnny Weir quite a bit, which is kind of what made me originally watch it. Johnny Weir is a figure skater and a figure skater commentator. Um, and he, I mean, he's very flamboyant, but he's also somebody who loves Russia. So he was, got a lot of flack because he basically said, oh no, I'm not going to say any, when I'm there, it's about the Olympics. It's not about, it's not about politics. Um, and it's, it's interesting for that because I mean, the Olympics have always been supposed to be a very neutral zone except human rights are an issue. Um, so it's it, what's really interesting is to watch the actual Russians there who are dealing with it. It follows this one, like, 17-year-old Russian kid who's gay and who's, you know, trying to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a good watch. It's a really upsetting watch. It's very sad, but it's also triumphant and everything else. So we're, we're definitely worth a watch. Hmm. Um a couple of – I finally took a note from the Gentleman's Guide and watched a couple of these 30 for 30 documentaries. Yeah, they've been talking about those forever. I know. And I, the only one I had ever watched was the Tanya Harding one because obviously yeah, – Of course. Um, but I randomly – like I don't know. I was just in a, a mood where I'm like, yeah, man, sports. Um, so I watched one – I can't like that sometimes. Don't you know? Uh, one called 9.79 Asterix. That was about the uh, Olympic Olympic track runners in the 80s, like Carl Lewis and Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson. That sounds like a name. Uh, doesn't it? He, he was also a playwright in uh, uh, Shakespeare in England. But who knew? He was also a track runner who got busted for steroids and got two, like his Olympic medals taken away from him. So it's basically about steroids in the late 70s, 80s in track. Uh, and it's a really good documentary if you have any interest in that topic. It's done very well. It interviews everyone. There's a lot of different sides that don't always um, mesh with each other, which makes it an interesting documentary to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, a really good one was Of Miracles and Demen, which is about the 1984. Well, it's it's 
it starts with that big was it 84 the hockey with the russians oh, i don't know no it couldn't have been 80 76 okay the 1976 olympics where the americans beat the russians in ice hockey and it was this big like go usa boo russia mm-hmm. um it basically covers the russian side of that who were you know uh 12 olympics in a row winning gold medal and then mm-hmm. the olympics they lose to the americans of all people but it's it so it follows that and it follows kind of the birth of hockey in russia and it after the olympics and the russians trying to come to america and everything and it's just a again um for for both the sports and for the modern history of soviet to us really interesting watch and i, I think you'd enjoy that one hmm. uh one that was uh, kind of really unpleasant and sad but really well done was hillsborough which is about the really, really tragic um, uh, incident, I guess you'd say, in 89, 86, 88, somewhere in the late 80s. I don't know. Um, But in England, at a soccer game, there was basically uh, poorly run ticketing, and they filled up too much, and about 96 people died due to just being overcrowded and pushed and suffocated. Um, Really horrible case that I knew nothing about, just probably from being an American. Um, so, I mean, it's interesting for that, but it's more interesting to see uh, the, the survivors and the family of, of those who died talking about kind of how that was perceived in England and how the authorities basically tried to blame soccer fans and hooligans who had nothing to do with it. But just this interesting other culture that I, you know, I, I know about like, oh, British soccer fans, drunk and rowdy. But to see it in this context of how it was like essentially persecution against them, mm-hmm. the idea of it was really interesting. Um, and then the one that I really thought was was not well done, which was really disappointing, was um, Marion Jones' Press Pause. So this was about Marion Jones, again, Olympic runner who mm-hmm. lost her medals for steroids, for admitting to using steroids. And Marion Jones is a really interesting woman. Um really interesting story there. She actually went to prison after because she lied to the grand jury. Uh, there is so much that you want to know about her. Um, and the movie, it's, it's short, granted, but it just doesn't ask any of the questions you want to ask. And this one's directed by John Singleton, who's in it, who's like very in front of the camera in it. And it just, it's really strange because it like the, he never asks her, well, why did you take the steroids? He never asks her that. Like they never bring up like, well, do you think, um, do you think it was you? Maybe you were it was handled differently because you are a black woman versus other people that have maybe confessed that have not gone to prison. There's so many interesting things to ask, and none of them are asked. Huh. Um, so it was. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I think. She, I mean, she is cooperating entirely, but she's also like she's in the WNBA now. She does like she talks a lot, and she's really open about it. And she talks about I made this mistake. She goes to schools and talks to kids mm-hmm. and everything. But so I wonder if it was just like this kind of okay, but we don't want to get into the nitty gritty or what? Because she talks about what it was like in prison, but they don't go into well, okay, but how did you get there? And it's it's strange, and I was really disappointed in it. Um, huh. Just a few more documentaries, and I'll get to the movies. Uh, we watched another one making the rounds on Netflix, The Sheik, which is about the Iron Sheik. Oh yeah, people have um, you've seen that? Yes. Yeah, it's um, I mean, the Iron Sheik is a character. He is he's yeah. a very entertaining man. He's he's 
you know, has some great one-liners. This was really fun for like the first hour and then just kind of, uh, I mean, let's face it, like a lot of documentaries about pro wrestlers, it gets really depressing once they get injured and take painkillers and then take drugs and yeah. then become sad alcoholics. Um, but then even after that, it just kind of got into like him being a Twitter star and it just, it wasn't as fun at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, and then the last documentary, um, when I was in New Orleans last week, the week before, um, I went to the World War II Museum, which was an excellent museum, and it made me intrigued to kind of watch some documentaries. So I watched one called Day of the Kamikaze, mm-hmm. which is a good, I think it was History Channel or something, documentary about the Japanese kamikaze pilots. Uh, and it was interesting, and because they're interviewing Japanese soldiers um, you know, men who were almost kamikaze pilots, families of deceased kamikaze pilots. Uh, and again, it's that it was a good documentary in giving this alternate culture and making you understand why somebody would say, yes, I'm raising my hand to fly a plane into inevitable death for me if it's mm-hmm. going to maybe destroy 10% of what we're supposed to be destroying. Um, so, I mean, if if you have interest in the subject matter, I recommend it. It was on Netflix. Okay. And now the movies that were not real. Uh, I hope they weren't real because that would be weird. Uh, first <laughs> one being William Lustig's Vigilante from 1980, early 80s on TCM Underground. This is a fun one. It's like kind of like a Death Wish type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It's gritty. It's brutal. It's fun. There are punks. I like 80s punks. Um, I took uh, I took your advice and checked out Mockingbird. What did you think? Um, I, it's something. I, yeah. What was weird was I liked for a while. I'm like, okay, I feel like this was clearly made on a nothing budget. Yeah. And I think and I like that they said it in like 1997 or something, clearly yeah. just to avoid internet cell phone questions. Which I'm okay with. I'm fine with that. I think that is. A, Brilliant filmmaking, rather than the token, no service, no service. Um, And as far as a found footage thing goes, they justified it. Most of the actors were were decent enough at selling what they had to do. It has a really sudden ending that I was, like, kind of into. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, I'm like, you know, as, as like, an early film, like, like, this is, you know, like, I want to see what else this director can do. Like, I I really want to see. Oh, he did The Strangers. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. How weird is that? Kind of weird. Because not only is it then that, like, oh, he made, like, a real movie, and then he made this movie, but it's also, then there's a lot of similarities between the two that makes Mockingbird less impressive than I thought it was. Yeah, now that you... You know, when you, th- like, when you think about just some of the plot things, and some of the, like, annoying things you ha- like you probably felt about The Strangers, same things happen in Mockingbird. Yeah. Um, huh, I'd like to look at it through that lens. Yeah. I didn't realize until I watched, like, the first half of it, and then I was at work, and then I looked up, I'm like, I'm curious if this guy's directing anything else. I'm like, oh. So then when I watched huh. the rest of it, I'm like, oh. So that definitely affected it for me. But, um, I mean, people, I think people who like found footage horror, it's just a different kind of found footage. Yeah, so my mom really liked that. it. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, you and me and your mom, we usually see eye I know. Movies. Sometimes you guys really sync up. It's crazy. Um, I watched a movie that I know you've seen. What? Uh, Dressed to Kill. I have seen that. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Um, I enjoyed it. 
my my biggest and I I knew going in I knew an aspect of the ending I didn't know the mm-hmm. complete uh, the complete ending but I knew yeah. the reveal um, which definitely affects the way you watch it because you mm-hmm. know you know you're you know some of the things you're looking for um, but I still really liked it as a De Palma doing Hitchcock but mm-hmm. with more sex fun I, I liked the protagonist switch. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was, it was a fun watch, which I, and I appreciate that about Tama is he makes movies that you want to watch that you enjoy watching. Yeah. Uh, where does it rank for you? Oh, um, I love it more, more as an exercise than as an actual I could film. That. If that makes sense. It does. No, it it's, totally does. It's not, um, it's not really up there for me, mm-hmm. but like, it's just because I don't, I never, I mean, I've seen it twice. I've, each time I didn't really connect with the story, but like, if you told me what it was about, I'd be like, oh my God, give that to me. Right. And when you think back to like, you know, like the, the courtship in the museum, if you will, yeah, that like 10 minute tracking, like, like that's really cool. And it's, and it's, you know, it's fun to reference and to talk about. Um, and you have, so you have things like that in the movie, but it overall, it doesn't hold up as a you know, film on its own, I think, in some ways. Yeah, um, it's one that I always think of. Um, it's very De Palma. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's very Hitchcock. Yes. But, like, in great ways. Yeah, yeah, no, in, yeah. in, in very positive ways. Yeah. yeah. Now I want to watch it. There you go. <laughs> uh, I watched, um, I'd recorded this from on IFC. Forgetting, okay, when we were younger, IFC did not do commercials, and now they do, and it's annoying as hell. Really? When you record Friday Night Lights, it's apparently a three and a half hour movie, because every five minutes there's a commercial, and therefore this movie had no flow for me whatsoever. Huh. Um, I'm sure it was good. I know it's very good. I like the first season of the show. I haven't watched more yet, um, but it, do not watch it with commercials at your fast forward. Yeah. Uh, I, ha- I hate commercials. I'm I so know, not man, used to them. That's why I have DVR. Hi. Uh, we watched, Brandon had gotten from Netflix, the movie Beneath, which came out maybe last year or so. It was, that uh, sounds familiar. It's a Larry Fissenden uh, horror movie about a couple of kids who go in a boat and they're crossing a river and, or a lake and there's a giant cute piranha that's going to kill them all. It's... Huh. It, it, How is that? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I, I started off not really liking it. And then by the end, I really appreciated a lot of it. I don't think Brandon enjoyed it nearly yeah. as much. Um, what it does and what I wish it did more of was it's about awful human beings. It's about these teenagers who are just all awful. Mm-hmm. But it gets that and it drives that. At a certain point, it becomes more about how these kids are going to fuck each other over than how this giant piranha is going to kill them. Uh-huh. Um and I liked that. I enjoyed it, but I I think it would have been done would have been so much more powerful if they started off as being really likable mm-hmm. and then segued into that. Instead, they started off as like, ah, oh, they're kind of bratty, and then it's oh no, they're actually evil human beings. Um, so I thought it, you know, I appreciated how dark it went, but I think it just wasn't done the way I wanted it to be. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I huh. watched, I was curious to check this one out because this is the, the filmmakers who made this are making the Martyrs remake. So I watched Scenic Root, which is... Oh, I I'm know, sorry. I know the cover of it. Yeah, I it's uh, that, that not Timothy Oliphant, um, yeah. lesser Timothy Oliphant, Josh Duhamel, 
and uh, not Jack Black, lesser Jack Black, Dan Fogelman, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about these two dudes who are out in the desert, and they, like, you know, they, they're they very, they're friends, but they're, you know, one is, like, a corporate married with a kid, the other one is this kind of writer, loser, slob. Um, this was, uh, the script was, to me, really not very good, very predictable, very obvious, um, but I'm intrigued by the Martyrs remake, not just because it stars a pretty little liar, Spencer Hastings, um, <laughs> but also because this movie, direction-wise, was pretty neat. It looked really cool. They used the desert very well. Um, it got better performances from two actors who I've never really been impressed by. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was, I mean, it had a weird ending. Um, it's hard to recommend because it had a lot of problems, but... It made me be like, okay, I would I would watch something else that these guys directed. Uh, I watched the South Korean film The Quiet Family, which is what The Happiness of the Categories was based on. Mm-hmm. So this is a fun kind of horror comedy in South Korea. There's a lot of uh, actors who would go on to be in The Host and a couple of other like more famous Korean movies. Mm-hmm. This was fun. I prefer The Happiness of the Categories because it's a musical. This one wasn't a musical, but it was fun. Uh, I watched a movie called Contamination. I don't even remember what it was. I think it was like some Italian horror movie. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> I watched something on Amazon Prime called the Con- Night of the Dead or Knight of the Dead, as I like to say, because it's like Knight as in <laughs> medieval Knight. Uh, it's a zombie movie set in medieval times, probably made for like $15. Impressive for that. This is not a good movie. Um, it's not interesting. The characters are really bland. The acting's okay. Like, they they sell their medievalness well enough. Yeah. Um, but it was impressive. If you can appreciate low-budget, ambitious, low-budget low filmmaking, mm-hmm. this movie managed to, to believably be set in medieval times on a very small budget. So, I give it credit for that. No, that's something. That's not easy to do. Yeah. Uh, I watched a movie that was fantastic. Um... Uh, I finally, and I'm embarrassed it took me a lot, so long to do, but I watched Berserk with Joan Crawford. This was her second to last movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where she plays a circus head, circus ring mistress, ringmaster, um, who the circus is like, all these people are dying in the circus and, um, out of nowhere comes this like young 20 something tightrope walker who's just like immediately is like yeah joan crawford who's like in her 60s and they're just a couple and it's awesome oh that's so fun it's so great like nobody ever mentions the fact that there's like a 40 year age difference and why, oh, that's why do you cool. have to you don't have to it's great um and like apparently joan crawford provided her own wardrobe to the movie and it's it's fun it's there's a lot of like five minute scenes of just circus antics that i could take or leave yeah but i mean it's, it's joan crawford in her later years giving it and still in, in you know you could say what do you want about Joan Crawford but <laughs> she I mean on screen she is something else and she's giving it her all to a script that's that is beneath her it is not a good movie it's a very silly script but she doesn't care she's Joan Crawford she's gonna make that movie and she's gonna make it well <laughs> uh last two this was a re- two rewatches for me, actually. Um, we watched Targets, the Peter Bogdanovich movie uh-huh. with Boris Karloff. Um, I had seen it before. Brandon hadn't. I, I never have. I've been. <gasps> I've wanted to forever. I wish we could cover it one day. I would totally yeah. watch it again. You enjoyed it, huh? I love it. Um, love it's it. funny. It's a movie to me that actually watches almost better on its second time because the first time you're watching it, it's just such a strange movie. 
And a big part of that is the fact that Peter Bogdanovich, Roger Corman's like, oh, I'll let you make a movie. I'm going to, you know, here, this is your chance. You can direct a feature for me. Here's your stipulations, though. You have to use 20 minutes of footage from the terror. And you have Boris Karloff for, like, three days. So you need to, I don't know, get, like, 20 minutes out of him. But, like, you, I mean, he owes me work, so you're going to use him for that. Uh, And then, whatever, just fill up the movie with whatever else you're going to do. And, like, these are the stipulations, and from that, you get this movie that's so different from anything else mm-hmm. that's um, – but that's that's very much about the kind of changing of the guard, both of cinema and of kind of American culture in a lot of ways, and about, you know, crime changing and what's scary now isn't a monster, but it's, you know, that guy you know that might just walk into a store and shoot people. Yeah. So it's So it's really – it's saying so much – um, it's doing it in a really unusual way, and it's doing it um, with a lot of humor. It's a really funny movie. Boris Karloff is so good in it, I think. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a total recommend if you haven't seen it. And then the last movie we watched last night, um, because my husband loves me, but more importantly, because I love my husband, I was <laughs> like, we were like, oh, let's watch a movie tonight. I'm like, okay. I'm like, oh, you know, here's a list of movies that I've been thinking I should show you. Uh and he was like, yeah, okay, you keep talking about Orphan. Why don't we watch Orphan? I'm like, okay. <gasps> Yay. I love Orphan so much. And what was really exciting was because quite often when I when like a movie like that that I love so much, I know not everybody's going to love, and often that yeah. is my husband. But it ended, and I kind of like I just turned my head, and I'm like waiting for him to kind of like sigh or something. He's like, I really enjoyed that. I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah, I like that movie a lot. It's really it. good. It's so good. Um, I was saying, I'm like, the reason I wanted to watch it sooner than later is because we just started watching 30 Rock, and I know that eventually there's a 30 Rock joke where Liz Lemon gives away the ending of Orphan. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, so, like, there's so many times in my life where I want to make a joke about Orphan, but I can't because I don't want to spoil it for people. Um, That's true, because if you don't know, like, if you don't know, you have no way of knowing, like, you don't suspect that at all. Yeah. And, I mean, watching it this time, I was like, okay, I'm like, I, they, they never, they're not, um, cheating about it. If you Mm -hmm. watch it knowing the twist, it's totally legit. Like, you can see, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, there's that. Oh, yeah, I could have figured it out from that. But Mm -hmm. I don't know anybody that figured out that ending. No. Um, but it makes ever. I wish every movie ended with that exact twist. It's so good. Imagine. I love that movie. It's every, it's just, you know, any movie would be made better if it ended the way Orphan did. I'm just saying. I, that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we've, we've talked a good long and while about movies that aren't about assassination. You know what? I think that's okay. I, I agree. Because I but might not have... People aren't paying for this. They're going to take what we give them. I might not have that much to say about the other Ooh, things. Ooh, exciting. So do you want to go chronological? Start with Alfim Nikita. Sure. Okay, we're going to come back and talk about La Femme Nikita. I don't know how, how do you, what, what, it's not even a French name. I give up. She's not a girl who misses much. Acquainted with the touch of the velvet hand Like a lizard on a window pane The man in the crowd with the multicolored mirrors On his hobnail boots Lying with his eyes while his hands are busy Working overtime 
a soaking impression of his wife, which he ate and donated to the National Trust. Okay, 1990. We were youngins. We were. We didn't know that France made movies back then. What is France? I don't know. That's what I used to say. And I mean, it's not like we could have read it. Well, okay, first off, did you watch this on DVD? No. Okay. So I got the Netflix DVD, and as soon as I put it in, this was one of the worst-looking DVDs I've ever seen. Really? Like, like the lettering was, like, jagged. Like, it was just (gasps) such poor resolution. But that wasn't the only thing. Okay, I'm going to admit. So I had to watch it before work for a few days. And the first time I put it on, I was putting it on, but I knew I had to, like, you know, like, do some bills and stuff. So I had it on. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, there has a language option. I'm like, okay, let me put it on in English and I'll switch back to French as soon as I can, like, really focus on like, it. Like, focus on it, yeah. So, you know, I'm watching it dubbed, okay. So then finally I'm like, okay, good. I, I've ate my cereal. I can now read. I go to switch it. My DVD, its options were, I think, to show it in Spanish, to show it in dubbed English, or to show it in French with Korean subtitles. French with Korean subtitles, right? Obviously. I mean,. Yes. Like, I can read the Korean alphabet, but I can't tell you anything of what it means. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know that I've ever – or like, I feel like it happened, like, once maybe. But have you ever gotten a DVD, like, in a, in a Region 1 DVD that, that didn't have, like, the original language and English subtitles? Um, not that I can yeah. think of. I know I've run into weirdness before, but nothing is really standing mm-hmm. out. Like, I've had movies where, like, when you started, it started in a different language with different subtitles. But, like, Mm -hmm. this one, I could not, with the copy I got from Netflix, I was unable to watch it in French. Huh. Weird. Very weird. That is kind of strange. Yeah. Um, Um, So they all sounded so dumb. (laughs) They they sounded so much smarter in French. Uh, But now, you hadn't seen it, right? No, I had not. Okay. Uh, Do you want to give a quick synopsis? Oy. Tell, the, um, tell the people at home while I take a sip of water to get rid of the hiccups that I just got. Well, so this lady is into some stuff, and instead of going to jail, she becomes like an assassin spy. Yeah. Um, that's basically it. Yeah, I mean, she's a drug addict in the beginning. Yeah, she's got some bad stuff going on. She ain't she ain't a great person. And well, she's apparently nice. She is the oldest looking nineteen year old I've ever seen. She is an old man. Drugs do bad things to you in French. Um, French drugs or are English terrible. with Korean subtitles. So she, yeah, she gets snapped up, and they're all like, "Hey, girl, you want to be a spy?" And she's all like, "Cool." And well, then more, she's like, "No," but they're like, "Otherwise, <laughs> we're gonna kill you." And she's like, "Fine." Oh, see, I just glossed over that. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's what that's about. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I didn't quite, and again, I don't know how much of this was the watching it in the wrong language, but I didn't get all the passage of time that was going on. Oh, um, it's, I actually, that was like the one thing I liked about this movie. You might have I liked, not looked at the screen when they said, like, three years later or They something. didn't say three years later. It was super subtle and oh, really well done. Okay. And you had to, like... Oh, fun. Like, you had to be either... smart to pick up on the fact that she was there for No, years. no, no. Like, it's like a, the changing of hair or the changing yeah. of a room or, you know, not now it's somebody's birthday, but it was just somebody's birthday. Like, mm. I really liked that. Okay. Um, we were roughly 15 minutes into it, and I said, ugh, I thought this movie was supposed to be about wigs. 
And then, lo and behold, it was about wigs. There were a few wigs. I don't know why I had that preconceived notion, but it paid off. Wigs were important to it. I think they'd be very important to any spy. I would say, if you were to rate movies on how important wigs were, Mm. this would would rank pretty high. Like, wigs are really important. So, like, there are wigs in this, if you're wondering. Yeah, it's important. I mean, I it's one of those things like doesthedogdie.com, com. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's important. Now, um, yeah. Where do you so stand on Luc Besson? I like him. I do, too. He, I mean, I feel like he's, um, he's up there to me, like, with Paul Verhoeven, like, but there's something about him that, like, I feel like he really enjoys making movies that he wants people to enjoy. Yeah. Like, his movies move, they're fun, they're different, they're action. He always does strong women, like, does strong women, because he's been married to a couple of his leading ladies, I believe. See, it's tough, because I will say, like, oh, I really like him, and then I go through his filmography. Zach catches me on this all the time, Mm -hmm. and we'll go through the filmography, and I'll I'll be lukewarm on, on On like, most of it. on, On a lot of it. And I'm like, what am I remembering? Well, Fifth Element, which I I enjoy. I like Fifth Element. The Professional. I've never seen The Professional. Oh, interesting. For a long time, I had myself convinced I really liked From Paris with Love. Did not see it. I didn't. I like District B-13 a fucking lot. Oh, fuck yeah. And I really like District B-13. It's not as good. B-13 Ultimatum. I, I thought he directed those, but I guess he didn't. I guess he produced them. Yeah, he wrote... I think yeah, I think you I think you wrote I thought he wrote the first one. I don't I know. I can't right find that. it. And then Lucy, that's the one I just scrolled by. Lucy's okay. Mhm. Um, I've not seen Lucy yet. I'm okay with Lucy. Um I didn't like Columbiana and he did the screen flip play for that apparently. Ooh, Lockout I liked a lot. Um yeah, I mean it's you know what it is? Love it or hate it, he's doing he's doing something interesting most of the time. He is, and I so. think, and that's what I like. It's the energy, like, yeah. These films, and I mean, it's funny because I think this kind of came up in Facebook on different discussions about Zack Snyder, uh, who I'm very mixed on because there's things I really like about him, things I really hate about him. But one of the things I like, save for his last two films, is that it felt for so long like he was bringing a new energy to filmmaking, mm-hmm. like he. he like and it translated to the screen. I think Luc Besson does that. Uh, this one to me, um, I I liked this movie, but I ex- I thought I would have a lot more fun with it. Me too. Yeah. Now, um, so why do you think we didn't have that much fun with it? Um, it isn't as it's like not zany enough. It's it feels not like it should be zanier. It's not pacey enough. Also, yeah, the pacing um, is very strange. It's I almost I, I I had to shut it off a couple times because I almost fell asleep mm-hmm. during it a few times. But like that being said, I enjoyed it. Like I was enjoying what I was watching. Nothing was grabbing me and pulling me in. Like the, I, I wrote in my in my notes, like this is the most chill training montage. Like, it, there's a training montage. I love training montages. Like, you don't know how much I love training montages. And this was, like, the most boring training montage ever. It was... It wasn't I- exciting. Like, even when it was exciting, it wasn't really exciting. Like, when it got to... Like, the when she gets her first, t- like, big Wait, test. is she not really charismatic? 
Could that be part of it? I will say it's hard for me to really judge having watched her dubbed over in English. That's true. That's a good point. Like, I liked the character, and I I liked the way that she was very um, hard to grasp onto. Yeah. Like, she was very antisocial. She didn't bond. I mean, eventually she does bond with somebody. But, I mean, the first thing we see her do, aside from being, you know, drug-addled, she shoots an innocent cop in the face who was about to give her, like, a chance. So, like, the very first thing she does is, like, is it is hard to get behind this woman right away. Yeah. Um, but even then, like, once you're, you're kind of, you know, like, okay, well, it's kind of unfair what's being done to her. Because um, even though, like, yeah, she should have been, by law, should have been executed, the reverse of that is, like, well, now, but she's being forced to murder. And she, you know, without her choice, really. Like, that's there's something really fucked up about that. And I... I liked her. Like I, I liked her energy. I liked her kind of um, the way she didn't try to get my sympathy, both as yeah. an actress and character. Uh, but I, and I think for me, it really was. It, yes, there was a distance, but a big part of that, I think, for me, was that I never got to hear her voice. Yeah, you know, I heard somebody dubbing her, and like she was a good assassin, but she wasn't a great assassin. <laughs> She was, she was like, that's why I'm, that's why I chose the word charismatic, because she was likable enough. Mm-hmm. Like, I was cool with her. She was interesting. Yeah, but I know. It, it was, like, deliberate that I didn't get to know her. There was something that really didn't resonate, and it kept me from enjoying it as much as I could, or latching on to it mm-hmm. as much as I could have. Um, yeah, it definitely wasn't funny. I was thinking it was going to be, like, a little bit more over the top. One way or or, the other, yeah. Like, a a little more goofy, zany, like, District B-13, where it's just balls-out action. Yeah. Or a little darker. And there is a darkness to it, but it's... Considering the first thing we see her do is shoot an innocent man. Yeah. And then later she's, you know feeling really like she's hating herself because she has to assassinate people she doesn't know Mm -hmm. or why she's doing it. It's hard to really feel for her knowing that she's already killed people without feeling it, I guess. Yeah. Um, It's like a weird, like, I feel like you can't have it both ways. You know, give me a woman that is being forced to kill and doesn't want to, or give me a woman that, you know, but don't give me that same woman that's, killed without mercy or without care earlier yeah it's it's a hard um bridge to cross and i don't think the movie gives me anything to make me see her cross it because mm-hmm. i mean the only like we see like she has relationships with a few characters she has with her like her kind of mentor who you know she's you could tell she's sort of has feelings for he clearly has feelings for her um but it's you know he also is essentially the man assigning her to kill people uh, she has, uh, so she falls in love. Yes. And I, I really liked that. I liked that relationship. I liked that basically she just meets this kind of, you know, kind of nothing guy. He's just like a checkout, works as a cashier. Like, she's an assassin. She's mm-hmm. fit. She's gorgeous. She's badass. And there's something I totally bought why she would instantly fall in love with this really sweet, charming uh, normal man. Did you not? Did that not work for you? No, it totally did. It was... 
that was a thing that I I liked. I mm-hmm. liked him, and I liked him and her together, and I liked their relationship. And because I don't want me to skip ahead, but because the kind of the the, the close of the movie hinges on that, yeah, rather than her like killing mm-hmm. necessarily. I think that's why it ended on such a in such a good place for me. Like I was super into the way it ended because it it. It focused on it their made good on the most kind of successful part of the movie, which was yeah. relationship with him. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Uh, I mean, you think of what this movie spawned, right? And this is, I believe, it's a totally original Luke based on screenplay. He wrote it, um, but you had what? You, you had an American remake. You had Point of No Return with Bridget yeah. Fonda, which I haven't seen. seen. No, haven't seen. I haven't either. I looked at. Um, I was curious if it was because if it was very different, I was going to try to check it out. Um, I just, I read the Ebert review, which was basically said, like, it's so close to this movie that it's kind of unnecessary. Hmm, um, interesting. Yeah. And that the, like, the things it changes are, are minor, but minor in a way where you're like, why'd they do that? Yeah. Um, and then you had two TV series, I think. You had one in, like, the late 90s, and then one more recently with Maggie Q, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it Maggie Q, or was it that woman with the stupid name, Blood Good this- Moon, Moon Blood Good? Or Maggie Q, which one? I'm not sure. Uh, I'll yeah, find like, out for you. Don't worry. The, like I don't know what I mean. The for this movie was a hit. Like it was a big hit in France. Um, but like, what about this? Had so much life that would spawn that many more properties. I guess it's like a it's like a lady uh, killing people. Mm-hmm. It is Maggie Q. Maggie Q. Okay. It's also Shane West, which I didn't know. Shane West is the guy that looks like the um Shane West the one in the League of Extraordinary. League of Extraordinary. Okay. I was gonna cut you off. I always get him confused with who are the, the brothers, the one who was in the frozen movie. I didn't think that you would pull that. I know. It's very strange that I did. It's because you were talking about League of Extraordinary Gentlemen not long ago. Uh, I don't know who you mean. Who I you mean getting? okay, the Adam Green frozen movie. Oh, um... Ashmore's. Yeah. Ashmore's and Shane West. I always get confused. Yeah. It's because there's two of them, and they're both sort of like Shane West. They they all just need to blob together. Well, and... two of them are way more handsome than one of them. Which one is the not handsome one? Shane West. Okay. I don't, I don't remember. He's got a weird head. I, I never Sorry, sorry Shane head, West. I guess. Listen We're just offending everybody today. <sighs> Um, so we get Jean Renault in this movie because it's a little bit movie. So of course not enough. No, I I think I thought he had a much bigger part, and it's a strange like he kind of shows up very you know in like the third act basically as like a really cool assassin, except like not really a spoiler alert, but like if you're a really cool assassin, I don't think you're that impressive if I don't if I don't see you do that well on your job. You yeah, know? no, he you was like. Saying? He was having a hard time with it. Yeah, like, I was like, who brought, why'd they bring this guy in? Like, he does not seem like the guy you would hire for backup. Yeah. So that was disappointing. And you also had Jean Moreau, uh, who I will always, I mean, most people know her from, like, Jules and Jim and all these other classic French films. To me, she'll always be um, Drew Barrymore's granddaughter narrating Ever After. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Ever After. Uh, I'm a fan. That's great. Yeah, we'll cover that one. Or we could just stop and just start talking about Ever After right now. Right now, yeah. Let's do it. So Toby Jones as the dwarf. Okay. Um, 
But yeah, so there were things I liked about this movie, but it, and I don't know if maybe this, not just this story, but the, this type of movie, this kind of 90s, 2000s action movie fronted by a woman, uh, a very unapologetic kind of a woman that can do all these things. If it was just done enough after this movie in better ways or more interesting ways, mm-hmm. um, but like I appreciated this movie, but I, I, it was okay. I just, I really thought I would have a lot more fun with this movie. Yeah, maybe it's an expectation thing. Maybe because we thought we would enjoy it so much more. Like, the we property were... itself has so much clout and has so much, you know, lasting power. Yeah, and it seems like it would kind of just be like a, a slam dunk in yeah, a lot of ways. Especially with being Luc Besson, uh, yeah. you know, throwing Jean Moreau, Reno, and Moreau in there. It it, it was, I guess, much... Um, more static a movie than I expected from Luc Besson, it being mm-hmm. a movie about an, a, you know, female assassin. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's most of what I had, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't have much. I mean, I, there were certain aspects of it that I really liked it, liked, but there were points where I struggled Mm-hmm. To, hold, to hold on, to keep my interest there. I I guess, you know what it is? As as centered on relationships as this was, it, it didn't always stay there. Like, it kind of, it veered off from the relation, the actual relationships and dealing with the relationships. I think if it had done that more, like, it, more of her and Bob, more mm-hmm. of her and um, the dude who's she was dating, whose name I can't think of. Mm-hmm. More of all them together, like that's where the strength of it lied for me. So when when it was these not that great assassiny things, I yeah. was just kind of like, eh. And when they did happen, they weren't outstanding enough in whatever way. They weren't bad yeah, enough, they were okay. or good enough, or cool enough, or you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I liked the first one where like it was her test, basically. Yeah. Um, just because that was kind of a cool, like, and I, and I love the, you know, she's like, the window was blocked. She's like, of course it was. That was your test, bitch. Uh-huh. Um, I liked that. Uh, but the rest of them just weren't that interesting or different or um, involving compared to so much else it, that I've seen. And that sets the the stage that's that that's the first one and then it never lives up to that again mm-hmm. yeah and that's kind of and it, it also because of do you watched it in french or english french okay um i don't know if it played this way because in english it just felt like she just kept freaking out <laughs> a lot mm-hmm. and i don't mm-hmm. know if it, if it played the same way but in english it was like lady just take some xanax and shoot the person already yeah, everyone's reactions were kind of weird. Like, bigger than they had to be? And... Sometimes, yeah. Like, I felt that way about about um, the Jean Renault character. He was really unhinged, but, like, in an unprofessional way. Seriously. So so un- unprofessional, huh? <laughs> yeah, I see what you did there. That's good. Very funny. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much more to say. Me neither. You want to rate it? Sure. Quality of film. Um. Quality of film. 
I'll go six. Okay, I was going to go 6.5, but I didn't know if that was too low. Hey, man, you got to do what you feel. Okay, I think six. this is slightly better than average, but mm-hmm. six. Okay, uh, quality of enjoyment of the film, of the quality. Of, of the quality of my quality, enjoying the quality. With uh, film. I'm going to stick with a I mean, I guess maybe this is this paved the way for other female-led action movies mm-hmm. and for maybe more importation of kind of more um, of films, maybe. Maybe it had that effect. I don't know. So for that, I'll go 6.5. Yeah, I'm going to go um, 6.5 as well. I was going to go 7, but I couldn't do it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So that was those were our, our thoughts on La Femme Nikita. Uh, I'm very curious to hear if any of our listeners have thoughts on it. Because, I mean, we were both kind of underwhelmed. And I know this movie, ha- I feel like it has a big cult following. I might be wrong on that. I don't know. But uh, if anybody out there has uh, strong feelings one way or another, agreeing or disagreeing with what we had to say, please come to Facebook and tell us. Mm-hmm. Now, on that note, we're going to take a quick break and come back to talk about assassins. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. What movie are we talking about, Christine? And apparently French. French. Indeed. Poisson, les poissons, how I love les poissons, love to chop and to serve little feet. First I cut off their heads and I pull out their bones, ah mais oui, ça c'est toujours délicieux. Les poissons, les poissons, hi hi hi, ha ha ha, with the cleaver I hack them in two. I pull out what's inside and I serve it up, I've got a lovely little fish's dog. Here's something for tempting. And now we move on to Assassins. Oh, come on, you were doing so good. I know. Well, I had to change it up. Oh, people, fair enough. People were getting getting sick of it. Yeah, you don't know that. <laughs> we're in the fu- We're in the past, actually. Now they're listening in the future. We That's know, true. Times change, That's man. Fair. There was a time when the Femme de Keto was like the coolest thing ever. <sighs> so now this movie was on. You, you had made like a little list of some movies you thought about maybe watching and covering, and this was on there. Um. To be fair, someone else made that list. Well then, so why did that somebody else put this on their list? Well, they made a list of all the movie, all like a bunch of movies filmed in Seattle. Oh, oh! I was wondering what I had no idea what town this was filmed in. Well, was at the in? beginning, like, who has a monorail in America now? At the beginning, Disney Seattle. World. And then they ended up going to Puerto Rico, maybe Mexico. Oh, was it? I think it was Mexico because they talk about the Los Dia de la Muertas. Uh, I'm sorry. Who knows? Who can say, really? But um, that's where it starts off. So uh, Zach had made a list because we were just in Seattle of Mm -hmm. movies set in Seattle, mostly so we could just look at Seattle again. Gotcha. And and you picked this one. I did. It was on your list. I'm like, I like a good action movie. Theoretically, on paper, this is a fucking win. Well, let's talk about the pedigree. Who do you have directing this movie? You have Richard Donner. Now, Richard Donner is the man who brought us... A lot of stuff. Yeah. What are you thinking? <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to say Superman. Well, yes. But, I mean, uh, what are, without Richard Donner, superhero films might never have been what they are. And assassins. Uh, assassins. Also, the Goonies, Lethal Weapons. Um, and more importantly, 
Wait, I don't think that's right. Wait a minute. You keep talking. Wait, hold on. I clicked on something and my computer went buggy. Uh Uh-oh. Okay, yeah, I'm back. What? Why? For some reason, I had a movie on there that I know he did not make. And his name is not Richard Dormer. Why? Richard? Honor. Um... Anyway, a hallmark of of directing of American cinema also made The Omen, which neither of us are really big fans of. But yeah, still. strangely enough. Oh, The Toy. I had toys. I'm like, no, Barry Levinson made toys. Yeah, no. He made The Toy, which, <laughs> the is, the most which is still pretty good. Of all time. But anyway. Oh, yeah, Scrooged. Yeah, Scrooged. So, I mean. Oh, Radio Flyer. Let's not talk about that. I never saw it. Oh, man. Oh, is it? Am I going to have to watch it soon and cry? Man, that used to make me fucking ball Uh i love that movie um anyway you have a very experienced elijah wood is so cute in it he was he was a cutie i had a crush on him when i was little he's adorable he was he was like my age this is another thing about orphan that brandon couldn't appreciate but orphan one of the things i love about orphan is how many parallels it has to the good son yeah, I like, like the, the treehouse, the ice, yeah. the blonde sister, all that stuff. Yep. But anyway, um, back to Assassins. Assassins, sorry. Uh, written, now the original script, yes. written by... Yes, the Wachowskis. The Wachowskis. Um, apparently rewritten... By somebody named, named Brian. Brian Helgeland, who did LA Confidential. Helgeland. Uh who apparently oh, he has a million writing credits he has, he has quite a few yeah mystic river really confidential taking uh, a poem one two three many <laughs> and and four and five and six many the um but but apparently the wachowskis tried to get their names taken off of it because they felt like the final property was nothing like their script yeah uh they did not win that so i'm curious there apparently the script is out there if you wanted to read it i'm oh. lazy i did not read it but read it to me oh, I, could, come, I could do voices i come by to Vendetta's voice yeah read it to me so then so it's 1995 and then you're cast you've got stallone Yes. You've got Antonio Banderas. Who I am going to go out on a limb and say I like the majority of the time. Oh my god, I love Antonio Banderas. Yes. I have, uh, granted, I've had a crush on Antonio Banderas since, like, he ever appeared on screen in front of me. Yes. Um, But A, I, I like him. I, I think he's sexy. Uh, but the other thing that I love about him is he commits to movies so hard. Yeah. Like, he does not phone in performances. If he's going to be the villain, he's going to fucking be the villain. If he's going to uh-huh. be Che Guevara and Evita, he's going to be Che Guevara and Evita. He just seems like somebody who has so much fun being in a movie. And in this movie, he's having a blast. And it's, yeah. he's so good in it. You also have a fairly young Julianne Moore. You know what? Julianne Moore, a lot older than I thought she was. She's like fifty something. She's doing. She's pulling a Sigourney Weaver on yeah. me. No, she's. I mean, in this, I was like, "Geez, she looks so young in this." Mm-hmm. So I went and looked up, like, yeah, how she was. She, she was like thirty five, I think. Yeah, because I mean, she was. I think big soap operas in the eighties was her start. So yeah, I mean, she's one of those ageless women drinking the blood of virgins and all that it's like crazy i'm like oh she looks like a baby and then i she's she's older than i am at this point yeah because it was bizarre um so yeah on paper you're writing all this down you're like all right it's gonna be a fucking good go and so do you want to give a synopsis Uh, uh, 
Yeah. You want me to give a synopsis? No, this movie, guys. <laughs> um, okay, it's... Sloan, Hitman. Um, gonna kill a guy with a weird cast gun. Antonio Banderas shoots shoots him first. All craziness breaks loose. Lots of convoluted stuff happens. Julianne Moore has a disc of some kind that other cat, and a cat, cat named Pearl. Yep. I I retained a lot more of this than I thought I would. <laughs> a disc that other people want. Some Dutch guys wanted it. That mm-hmm. didn't work out real well. Um, there was a truck and some vents. They end up going apparently to Mexico in this weird abandoned hotel, and he stays at the bank for like eight and a half hours. I do not know what happens in this movie. I was so with this movie for the first 45 minutes or so, maybe. It is so long. It is this two hours why and 10 the fuck minutes. Is this movie? I got to a point where it was like an hour 30 and I paused it because I'm like, oh, I'm after, I think I had to pee or brush my teeth or something. And I paused it thinking like, okay, it's got to be over soon. And then I looked at the – I happened to pick up the Netflix um, yep. sleeve. I'm like, why is this movie two hours and 13 minutes? Yep. And I – like I was like, so this is going to be winding down, and I think like we might have knocked the mouse over uh, for the in, in the in the runtime popped up on the television, and it was just over halfway through. <laughs> and it, how how is this movie this long? How it makes no sense. The because I mean I had a really good t- when this movie started. I'm like, this movie has everything. It has. Uh, Stallone kind of be doing like the uptight thing, which I always like. And I actually really like Stallone in this. I thought he, he, the thing about Stallone is I think he usually gets when he needs to back away, he gets that. And he is very mm-hmm. understated in this movie. And I think he's good in it. And as soon as Antonio Banderas comes in and I realize he's crazy, I'm like, oh, yes. Suddenly there's Julianne Moore and she's a crazy cat lady hacker. And yeah. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. What else are you going to give me? And then you find out that Stallone's going to have to say Electra over and over again. <laughs> All of these things are exciting. And then it just stuff keeps happening. And then you're right. He's in a bank. And then, uh-huh. we're, then we're supposed to be reminded of the opening that happened two hours earlier, mind two you. Two hours the earlier. The flashback that this movie opens with, pre-credits, is like a black and white um, Stallone assassinating someone. And like slowly in the movie, they kind of bring up, oh yeah, he had to kill his mentor. But for an action movie like this, mm-hmm. they talk so much without showing yeah. So it's like, okay, I get, like, because, you know, Bendaris kind of brings up his this mentor character who was, like, the big assassin before Stallone. Mm-hmm. But the movie, like, just lets it sit there, and then at the end it's like, oh, 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 this was really important. And I'm watching an action movie. I'm watching an American action movie with Sylvester Stallone and Antonio Bendaris. I don't need this plot thread hanging, and you're going to bring it back in the last two minutes of a two-and-a-half-hour movie. Mm-hmm. And that's what really bugged me was, like, the the pacing exactly is just so weird because to me this movie started so strong. I was in it for a while. I was in um, it for the funeral assassination, for Banderas escaping, I was, it, for the scene with Banderas and Stallone in the cab, and the two of them like it's this awesome awesome scene where. You know, they they both want to shoot each other, but they know it's bulletproof glass. So instead, they're talking, and they're talking about how, like, we can't kill each other until you stop or you kick me out of the cab or so on. And then you get Antonio Banderas hanging out the window trying to shoot Stallone through the window, Stallone driving the car and hitting buses, and mm-hmm. it's awesome. 
And that, then another hour and a half of the movie happens. Yeah, there's definitely um, an escalation thing here that I don't really get. Like, I feel like we're kind of winding down by the time we we get this tropical scenery change. Yeah, it gets very, very slow in weird places as far as the decision goes. Yeah. Um, Because, I mean, I love Julianne Moore, and I like Stallone in this, but they don't have chemistry. Like... I mean, very, you know, as much as I like Stallone, very few actors, he has romantic chemistry with very few actresses. Yeah. And, like, even their relationship, like, it's clearly supposed to be flirtatious, but it's like when you put Arnold in a movie with a woman, rarely do they ever kiss, and it's because it doesn't seem human. No, you're (laughs) so right. in this movie, like, they're kind of set up as being clearly, like, Oh no, there's supposed to be romantic chemistry, but there's nothing. Yeah, they never were you kiss. kind of surprised when you were like, "Oh, there he he just kind of said he loved her." Yeah, and like I'm like, did they like there's a scene where they when they wake up the next day, it's like, "Wait, did they sleep together?" Mm. But no, cuz they never like they never so much as kiss, I don't think in this movie, and it's fine cuz it wouldn't like it, it doesn't feel there's they have just nothing between them. And yeah, it doesn't help anybody <laughs> you know he has more chemistry with her cat um and i decided yeah. because they say the word cat so much in this movie um a fun way of watching it would have been to substitute the word pussy for every time they say cat this movie would have just fun. been so much more fun that way if someone ever makes me watch this again just every I time will. in your head every time and i have such a huge bone of contention about that too by the way what okay so there's a scene where they go to a pet store and there's a very prominent positive sign that says, um, I think I wrote it down exactly, uh, we, we won't sell pets, please adopt one. Which yes. is great. Nobody, people out there, do not buy a dog, do not buy a cat. There are cats and dogs in shelters every day that are perfectly good and need a home, and it is silly, in my opinion, to buy either one. And... There's a sign in there, and it's it's kind of like, oh, yeah, like a good positive sign. Julianne Moore at one point, there's a woman wearing a fur coat, and she sprays red on her. Um, and then Julianne Moore is like, I was, I'm so, you know, I knew what I was going to do with my money. I was going to buy Pearl a boyfriend. Really, for bitch? Four, you were going to buy a cat? For $40,000. Yeah, not at that store. They wouldn't have sold you one. They would have said, no, go down to the shelter and adopt one. Yep. So that bothered me. Yep. That might have tainted the rest of the movie for me. I don't know. I didn't even really notice that. I did notice how strange it was that... You know, she was gonna buy a forty thousand dollar cat. Yeah, um, yeah. It was so. It was. It was strange. Like, I mean, it was one where every to me, every time Banderas is on screen, it's great. I'm in. I could watch it. Yeah, it does improve when he's around. I will. I will admit yeah, that he's crazy, and he's he establishes very early that he's kind of a sociopath. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, he's in the car with Stallone, and he's trying to get Stallone to do something. Stallone won't, so he aims his gun at, like, a child. He's like, I could kill that kid from here with no problem, or should I kill this one? And so it's very quickly established that this is not a good guy. Yeah. Stallone is an assassin, but he is clearly a professional. The very first scene kind of sets him up as he does his job, but he doesn't do it in a cruel way. He just does it to get the job done. Um, whereas, and you contrast that to Banderas, who is, who is crazy. And there's not an like that in itself could have been a movie just the two of them doing the same job but doing it differently but 
Instead, like, there's the bank. What the hell was happening at that bank? I don't know. Oh, he had to set it up to be... That in and of itself could have been its own movie. And that was weird in its own, because it was like, oh, yeah, he's going to have... He has to wait in this, like, abandoned church. He has to wait for me. And I know... And this was the weirdest thing, too. It's like, oh, yeah, he's an assassin. I would think one of the most important skills of an assassin would be, like, patience. Because it's all about waiting for your mark to get exactly where you need him to, right? If you, I mean, the whole, that whole thing hinged on the fact that when Stallone had to kill that dude whose name I don't remember, Nikolai, okay, I had to look it up. When (laughs) Stallone had to kill his chess playing friend, Nikolai, that's exactly how it went down. Mm -hmm. He was in the bank and he waited and, and Stallone waited as long as he could. And then he had to go in and he, how did he know, how do you know he's going to shoot you when you're coming out? Oh, cause he's going to need to see my eyes. That's, that's what a good assassin would do or something. (laughs) Something like that. So apparently real assassins are really easy to thwart. Just don't look him in the eye. So it's And what was their fucking plan, Emily? He was going to go in and talk to Stallone and Julianne Moore was going to steal his gun so he couldn't kill Stallone and that would have been it. It's like, oh yeah, but he's going to get really impatient. He's going to leave the... Like, like the idea that they're also relying on the fact that Antonio Banderas is a really impatient man. Like, that he's going to get bored up there because he has to keep peeing in a bottle. That's just going to kill him. And he's going to give up on everything and fuck it all up. Yeah. And it does, like, this movie does a lot of the kind of cliched, like, you know, you know that when a character is sitting there given kind of, like, a big confession, you know, and we're, oh, the camera's only on the character, you know that, like, okay, I bet the character's not in the room anymore that he's talking to. Like, that mm-hmm. happens. Um, I did appreciate the smartness in this movie in casting, because Stallone is, like, 5'7", like, Stallone's a pretty little guy. Antonio Banderas is pretty short. He's, like, 5'7", 5'8", I think, um, or 5'6". Mm-hmm. Julianne Moore is like five four, like so. It like did the smart thing where it cast all actors of smaller stature. Yeah, that is not makes Stallone look ridiculously little. So that I, you know, that was that was no, smart. that's smart. Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, on paper, you're right. On paper, there was so much right with the movie. Yeah. Uh, when it got proposed, like when Zach was going through the movies that he was finding, I was like, huh. All right, that one could go. That that could be good. Who's yeah. in that one? All right, yeah. I'm into the cover, and it's that like very '90s big head cover. Yeah. And as soon as I saw it, Benderis, I'm like, all right, yeah. And it, it's just a. And I mean, I would definitely. I think it's very easy to say like, somebody looked at the script and looked at their cast and made a really poor miscalculation. Yeah. Of what was going to work and what wasn't. Um, I mean, I don't know how much it changed. I think the only thing I'd read was that in the original draft, uh, Stallone was a more brutal guy. He wasn't kind mm-hmm. of such a teddy bear. Yeah. So, I mean, that could have been interesting, sure. Uh, yeah, it's like he, he, he shot his own, his, like, his friend, a dude he said mentor, he was his friend. Yeah. Like that, and he seemed, like, sad about it. But then Julianne Moore shows up, and, like, you immediately, you don't feel afraid for her at all like immediately like yeah all right he's gonna take care of her everything's fine very quickly like it's weird like that didn't seem like a really accurate dynamic it didn't seem believable well and again i think so much of that is because they have no chemistry yeah it's like julian moore's character is pretty cool like she's kind of this you know we know that you know she loves animals and she travels with a cat and uh, you know she kind of does these really elaborate hacking schemes that yeah. seem like they could have been done much easier than building like a little robotic car and stuff yes. but whatever 
Um, but, you know, and she's kind of a loner and all this stuff. So she's a great idea on paper. And it's fucking Julianne Moore who can kind of do anything. Yeah. Except for apparently be a romantic interest to Sylvester Stallone. Mm-hmm. It's so strange. It's very strange. Very strange. Yeah, I, I would... I don't, I might, well, I actually put it on Facebook. My DVD, also from Netflix, and this one, I was worried, because this was the kind of DVD that you looked at, and you could tell that somebody's cat got a hold of it. Yeah. Um, and it did. There was, like, one scene that skipped that I had to kind of try to piece together. Um, but then I'm like, oh, special features, what do we have? Like, oh, behind the scenes. And it's no, just saw like, this you know, it's just like somebody <laughs> writing up, like, Sylvester Stallone's an action star. I'm like, that's not very helpful. That That is a very special feature. Indeed. Because, I mean, really, what I'd want to know is, what did this script start as, and why did it go the way it did? You said it's out there. Yeah. I would be interested. There was actually a link on Wikipedia, I think, to the script. Huh. So, I mean, it's, you know. I bet it's good. Because, like, this could have been good. Like like an offbeat kind of assassin story with, like, a charismatic, like, like, dude trying to... You know, usurp the throne of the, mm-hmm. the older number one. Yeah, like the young kind of no rules firebrand who's trying to yeah. take over. The older weathered, um, uh, uh, retiree who's seen it all, but it's like I got to do that one last job. And then, kind of, you know, your kooky female thrown in the middle, like everything about this works. Yeah, it could have been really great, and and then yet in in execution, it's it's really kind of boring. And again, like the first five minutes, I'm totally in. Yeah, it didn't. Both of these movies this week weren't really. There were things that weren't really clear. Um, They Mm -hmm. weren't told in the most. Um, efficient. Efficient is such a yeah. good word. I mean, both of these movies were longer than your average action movie would be. Yeah, this movie was over two hours. Love Nikita's just under two hours. There, the, I, 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 this is all I have to say about this movie, and then I'll be done. There is a scene where Julianne Moore is before she gets you know involved with Sylvester Stallone's character. She's running away from him. She ditches her cat. She jumps on a bus and she takes off because she has to get out of this situation. She has to get away from Antonio Banderas. She has to get away from Stallone. So she takes the bus. She's, the important part is she doesn't have her car. Mm-hmm. She ends up back at her apartment. Banderas figures out where her apartment is by looking at pictures of her cat that she had developed. <laughs> so he finds out. I'm still God, on Thank board. God we didn't have Instagram. In the middle of all this, a dude drives up in his truck and walks into a building. What was that? I don't know what that was. Come to find out. That's her downstairs neighbor that you never really oh, see yeah. except on a television. You've never seen the outside of her apartment from that angle. You don't know what his truck looks like and you've yeah. never seen him not on a black and white television. That's Why really the fuck would you show me that? It doesn't give me any context. The only reason we saw that is because when Antonio Banderas comes to kill her, he feels the hoods of the car to see which cars had recently been used mm-hmm. and the truck is warm. So he figured, and still, that doesn't even explain how he <laughs> figures out where the dude with the truck lives. How does he even pick that apartment? He's a really good sense of smell. What? I, you know, 
Oh, he pointed the gun at the address. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. He showed the address and he just assumed that the truck. <laughs> it is his, it is his but Zorro it is sense. So th- that sums this whole movie up for me. Yeah. That is not the way you tell me that Antonio Banderas is going to accidentally shoot her neighbor. That's, that right. is, that is the long way around. Why did you choose to do it that way? Like, as opposed to the hotel where they kind of like, you can see how he he put everything together. Like, he kind of sees the shoot. He's able to track it. Like, okay, there's some logic there, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, you're right. There's just overly complicated mach- machinations that don't need to be that complicated and don't yeah. pay off. And as a result, this movie is over two hours. And I would like to say something because I knew everybody out there is like, oh, Emily and her hatred of long movies. Okay, motherfucking Orphan's like two hours long and you don't hear me complaining about it. It's not long movies. It's There's no reason it's for this. wasted time. It is when a movie is is wasting its time and it's affecting the pace of the movie. It, and that's it, what happens here. It's not that... I mean, you know, every Quentin Tarantino movie is over two hours, but they move. Inglorious Bastards doesn't need to be as long as it is because there's a lot of extraneous scenes, but those scenes are so engaging that I don't give a fuck. I'll watch it. Yeah, but don't show me a guy we don't know in a car we've not seen going into a building with no context. That is, like, every time you went to do... You could have just cut that out and this movie would have been an hour and 45 Mm -hmm. minutes. And, like, another thing that really bothered me was... Like, the Day of the Dead scene? Like, they're in Mexico. It's Day of the Dead. There's a lot you could do here. Yeah. And they don't do anything. Yeah. Like, they don't do They're in a cemetery. And, like, Antonio Mandaris gets a great scene because he's, like, just being crazy. But that's it. Like, ugh, You know, like, they, they had so much. They had, like, they're filming, you know, on location. Yeah. And all this stuff. They have these cool buildings. They have this cool atmosphere and everything. And they just don't they have julianne moore sitting ordering cappuccino and being like it's really hot here like yeah it is that, hot here. she was so spazzy and funny though oh she yeah she was fun if, if she was in it like 98 percent more than she she was you know what if stallone wasn't in this movie like, i like stallone in it but the more we're talking about it the more i realize one of the biggest issues was kind of him and julianne moore's lack of chemistry yeah because the movie, like, it'd be one, like, it almost would have been better if, instead of it being Julianne Moore, if it was, like, a teenage kid. Like, <gasps> you know what I mean? Totally different dynamic. Like, yeah. take the romance out of it. Like, take You're that right. out of it when it's not going to work and just give it a different, a, a different kind of energy. Yeah. Like, weirdly, I think that would have been a better movie. Yeah. Just because it had, as a result, you're watching... There's something weird about watching adults not be able to play off each other, and mm-hmm. especially people that are professionals and are good actors and, you know, you know can do this, but it's just not working between them for so many reasons. And it's, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate because there are so many things that are right about it. And it just, yeah, the more I'm saying it, the more I really want to seek out that original screenplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I want to know if the whole thing with Stallone's mentor is that... Is it worth the amount of time we waste on it at the very end? Like, I've never met this man in the movie. You talk about yeah. him. Now I'm supposed to, now he's supposed to be the big plot thread. You know. Um, there is some great use of slow motion, though. And by great, I mean ridiculous. When Julianne Moore falls through the ceiling. And, like, just keeps falling through the ceiling. Yeah. And the movie gets really dramatically slow motion. Yeah. That was fun. Uh... And I mean, like, she was capable and, 
you know, didn't back down and was very vital in a lot of things at the end where Stallone couldn't have done it on its own on his own. She couldn't have done it on her own. So I mean I like I liked that. I like that they yeah. respected her and made her a pretty cool character. But just a shame that it just didn't come together the right way. Mm-hmm. It is a shame. Yeah. Also, man, I would never want to be escaping a crazy sociopathic killer with a cat. Like, that's tough. It seems really stressful. It's really hard. Like, a dog will run with you if you're like, come on, boy, come on. But a cat, the cat like, fucking stands you under got, the it bed. It just stands there. It hides under the bed when you have like to get out of the jerk. room. Like, it would just, like, I mean, you got that carrier. Carriers are really unwieldy and are hard to run with. Like, the, I mean, Joplin's tiny. I could probably stick her in my pocket. I'm just picturing what a pain the rest of the cats would be mm-hmm. if we had to do that. Yeah. So moral is I don't want to piss off Antonio Banderas or his employers. Although if it means I get to meet Antonio Banderas and say hello to him and tell him how much I loved his work in Zorro. And maybe also tell him that I'm really happy he's no longer with Melanie Griffith. Well, that is a thing. You know, just saying. I, I mean, I, I like him in Spy Kids, if we're really going to be honest. I like him in everything. I don't think I've ever disliked him on screen. He's just fun. He's so much fun to watch. Yeah, he is. <sighs> he makes me want to have as much fun watching Assassins as I didn't have. But yep. I didn't hate this movie. I really like those opening half hour, <laughs> totally in. There's a monorail scene, you know. Uh, the monorail scene, you know, it could have been better. I also wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah. But okay, so you got to ready to rate, rate it? Yeah. All right. And again, and I'm really curious for our listeners, because I know when I mentioned this movie, a couple of people were like, yeah, assassins, nobody ever talks about that. Love it. And I'm curious to where the love comes from, other than is it just because Banderas is so much fun? Banderas is fun, Julianne Moore. I really liked her in this. The, yeah. She, she likes... She's so spazzy. It's so cute, it's cute. and funny. Really I, I love yeah, it. But, she's charming. And, and she just mainlines caffeine. That's so cute. <laughs> really endeared by someone who yeah. drinks that much coffee and then acts like they drink that much coffee. Um, what do we do? That's quality. A really good point. <laughs> yeah, quality she's, of film. Quality. Isn't that funny? It's so funny. Um, things you appreciate. You know, we all have our thing. Quality of film. I'll Six. go. Six. I, well, I mean, I gave Nikita six. I think Nikita was a stronger film by a little bit, so I'd go 5.5 for me. Ha! We were almost, we were just a 0.5 different. I know, it's crazy. Yeah. Enjoyment of the film, I mean, I, I enjoyed it more than I think it was a good movie. Because there, again, I really like that first part. I liked yeah. a lot about it. I just think yeah. it was put together with so much, like, I'm trying to think of a good uh, analogy to it. Like, let's say you made a pizza, and you didn't roll out the dough. Like, you, mm-hmm. you put the dough down, but you didn't knead it, so you have some some parts that are really lumpy, some that are falling apart, so the, the yeah. toppings are just falling right through. That's what it felt like. Some of the toppings were really good. Like, I bit into a nice red pepper, and it was delicious, and that red pepper was Antonio Banderas, but then the crust was just <laughs> falling apart, you know? So, on that note, for this movie, as far as quality of enjoyment... Um, I would, I would go 6.25 for me. 6.5. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was Assassins, folks. And I, like we said, very curious to hear 
people's uh, thoughts and what they love about the movie, what they agree with us on, and what they disagree with us on. Talk to us, please. Yes. Yes, please. Please. Uh, okay, so that was most of the show. Do you, you said you do not have a Netflix recommend? I have a, I came up with a Netflix don't watch this. Ooh, okay, that's fair. I think, I think that's almost more important in a way. There was, there was a movie that I forgot to put on my, on my list. Yeah, I stopped keeping, um, a, what I watch note, um, list because that site was down for a while and then I just kept an Evernote. Okay. And I'm really bad about updating it. So, like, every three or four days, I'll be like, crap, what have I watched? <laughs> and it doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched a movie that my mom recommended. You know what? Let's be real here. My mom didn't recommend this to me. She texted me and asked me, hey, is there a place called um, Devil's Backbone where you live? And I said, what? Pardon? Um, Devil's Backbone, is that a real place? I'm like, what are you asking? I just want to know if that's a real place in Texas. It's a movie. She's like, I know it's a movie. I just watched it. And I was like, you watched The Devil's Backbone? I know. And she's like, no, it's a different movie. I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) So apparently there's this movie called Devil's Backbone, Texas. Texas. Yeah. um, So she watched it and she said, oh, if you're ever interested in a good movie, it's a good movie. And I was like, okay. And she was like, oh, is is the real Devil's Backbone Texas haunted? And I tried to explain to her, like, Texas is super big. <laughs> um, but I watched it, and it is wowza. Wowzas. It is not great. This guy, I'm looking up the movie... Um, the, the director wrote a couple of screenplays that I've seen. He did the screenplay for the Hitcher remake, which is awful, uh, for Amusement, which is, uh, um, and the screenplay for When a Stranger Calls. Interesting. This was his first directing credit. Mm-hmm. Huh. Wait, so was it, like, so bad that I'd enjoy it? I My don't know. It, 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 it suffers from, like, kind of, like, what I I might have complained about coherence was that the name of that movie? Yeah, the one we watched with Erica a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, when you kind of can tell that something's like you know ad lib, they're improvising mm-hmm. stuff. Like everyone gets really oddly aggressive. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. it's like everyone's yelling over everyone yep, else, yep. and people are making strange decisions. It, it does that, and it, and everyone ends up really dislikable, and you don't care, right? And, like, everybody's motives are really bizarre. And then it has the most out-of-nowhere, undeserved ending I've seen in a while. Okay. Oh, then now like, I'm intrigued. And by ending, oh, I mean, like, la- like I looked away and I missed it. Zach was like, you just missed the ending. I was like, what? <laughs> so oh, no, we had- I shouldn't watch it based on my experience with La Femme Nikita. Well, we had to rewind it and I was like, oh, I can't believe they just did that. Interesting. Well, we'll see if I end up giving it a chance then. Um, I didn't mute you, did I? No. Okay, just because Mookie jumped on my headphones, so I got confused. Um, stop it. I'm sorry I didn't like Assassins. Just because it had a cat in there didn't mean I had <laughs> Um Okay, my, I have like an actual recommend of a movie that's good. Um, there's a lot of exciting... <laughs> Don't fucking bull- rub that in. <laughs> I didn't, oh my god, that sounded so much snarkier than I meant it to be. Oh, I didn't sure. mean to be like, yeah, I have an actual recommend that's actually good, like the rules are. No, I just meant like, opposite of you. That's all. 
Oh, cool. Yeah, no, I, 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 I like the idea of when you don't have a recommend to give a stay away from. That's fine. We're putting it in the books. We're going to do that next time. Okay. Uh, my recommend is a movie that a lot of people have recommended, but um, I'm just going to add to the chorus of you really just listen it. to you. Well, obviously, uh, and that is Force Majeure. <gasps> I can't wait to watch I it. I really liked it. Um, I mean, a lot of people have talked it up. I know Will had it on his top thirty. Married with Clickers did a whole episode on it. That was really, really yeah. good. Listen. Um, I just, I love that concept. The the what happens when you uh, when you prove yourself a coward or you know when you make the wrong decision in that split second like what do you what do you do next mm-hmm. um and i really like the way this movie deals with it because you know it's a family it's your it's one family in a hotel room so it's not like you can really confront it because the kids are right there mm-hmm. but so you're just gonna let it fester and that to me is so believable and yeah you know because i'm i don't like conflict so like i know i'm guilty of that sometimes of like holding on to something and like this movie puts it in such a light that you're like oh shit you can't do that um and it's really pretty and just in terms of its style is really cool the music's great it has a, a very definitive filmmaking aspect to it that's really really worth it so mm-hmm. check it out eh uh, all right, and then so that's that's that. And now next time, not next week, a week or two after that next week. Okay. Uh, we've got some movies we're going to cover. Yes, we've got a special guest star. That's very exciting. That is exciting. Uh, we are going to welcome. He has a code name and a real name. I don't know which one we use. So we yeah, I'm out. not going to say anything. Okay. Well, his uh, his his code name is Elwood Jones. Um, you would know him from the Mad, Bad, Downright Strange podcast and blog. Uh, and I'll get, like, his real links to that and stuff up. But he, he does a podcast, which we both have guested on. It's a great podcast. Um, and he has a very good blog. And he covers quite a lot of movies, many, many movies I also kind of really enjoy reading about and everything. So you should check that out. Um, and we are going to have him on and talk about a movie about city life, a movie about suburban life. Uh, but they both maybe have some things in common. And those are the original 1970-something, The Stepford Wives. Stepford Wives. It's a movie I've wanted to cover forever, so I'm really excited. Uh, and then 1996, 7, late 90s, uh, Dark City. Woo! So two, uh, two very high-concept movies that I think will make uh, for some good discussion, eh? Eh? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited, yeah. Um, So that will be in a few weeks. Um, In the meantime, come to Facebook, share your thoughts, yell at us for not liking assassins as much as you do. I don't know. Um, And also listen to many other podcasts and spread peace and joy around the world, if you will. You got anything else to add? No. Okay, my kids are attacking each other. It's adorable. Yeah, sorry I didn't really like these movies. Yeah, I didn't hate them. I just, they both were kind of not as fun as I wanted them to be. Yeah, um... We can't all be orphan. That being said, I would actually rewatch La Femme Nikita under different mental circumstances, Hmm. because it might play better a second time with different expectations. I would watch Orphan again, myself. I want to watch Orphan right now. It holds up so well. (laughs) On that note, guys, we got to go, because Orphan's like two hours and it's already 10 o'clock, so we got stuff to do. Good night, everybody. Night. 
everybody's got the right to be happy Don't be mad, life's not as bad as it seems If you keep your goal in sight You can climb to any height Everybody's got the right to their dreams Everybody's got the right to be different If you wanna be different Even at times they go to extremes Go to extremes Anybody can prevail Everybody's free to fail No one can be in jail for their dreams. Free country means that you've got the choice. Be a scholar, make a dollar. Free country means that you get a voice. Scream and holler, grab them by the collar. Free country means you get to connect. That's it. Means a right to expect that you'll have an effect that you're gonna connect. Connect. Connect! Connect!